Hi, good morning. It's great to be with you again on this uh, lovely day, isn't it? Um, beautiful day out there today. And um, yeah, and this week we've had um, uh, the sort of announcements, haven't we, that have given us all a fresh sense of hope uh, that there's a route out of this um, season in which we find ourselves and uh, and we can be looking forward to days when we'll actually be able to be physically together and, and all that sort of stuff as well and meet with loved ones. So, you know, in that sense, it, I hope it's been a good week for you and uh, and I hope that some of the thoughts that have been put before us have sort of given us some hope and some expectations. So, so let me just pray. I'm going to pray and then um, I'm going to just uh, switch over straight into a song, going to sort of set our hearts and our minds, you know, in the right framework this morning as we uh, gather together to worship and to to learn together and think together. So um, that's how I'm just going to pray and then we'll go straight into a time of worship. So, Lord Jesus, we thank you for who you are and we thank you for another opportunity to be together this morning and to be able to um, uh, pray together, worship together, learn together. And I pray, Lord Jesus, that as we do, that we'll just know you deeper and we'll love you more, Lord and we'll be able to serve you more effectively from the things that happened this morning. Lord, in each place that we gather, I pray this morning that there will be that sense of your manifested presence with us. We love you, God. We think you're amazing. Amen. Great. Okay, well, let's just worship in this song, shall we? Boldly, I approach your throne. Sun, 
more beauty than this world has known. I'm face to face with love himself. His perfect, spotless righteousness. A thousand years, a thousand tongues. Are not enough to sing His praise. Boldly I approach Your throne. Blameless now I'm running home. By Your blood I come, welcomed as Your own. Into the arms of Majesty. This is the art of celebration, knowing we're free from condemnation. Oh, praise the One. Praise. Your throne, blameless. Now I'm running home. By Your blood I come, welcomed as Your own into the arms of Majesty. Awesome, hey. <laughs> well, we're going to worship, we'll worship together again a little bit later on. Um, I just thought I'd share uh, some thoughts actually uh, in just a few moments um, before we do. And um, and so um, just one notice this week. Just wanted to um, um, just share with you. Um, you obviously, I've just already mentioned a little while ago that um, we are you know we've been given some sort of hope, haven't we, in terms of a route out of um, lockdown. I don't know if you've had your uh, vaccination yet, but certainly um, vaccinations mean that um, there seems to be some sort of hope on the horizon, doesn't there? And, um, uh, and so obviously we're thinking a little bit about how, we, you know, people are already asking, you know, when can we meet together again as a church? And um, and obviously we're getting our thoughts and our minds into that and uh, can't give you a specific date yet, but it's beginning to look like we should be working in that direction, isn't it? Um, so what I'm going to ask you to do, actually, is just for this next month, let me just put a little slide up. Um, just going to ask you to think, you know, I, I, I passionately believe that at this moment in time, that prayer is really important for us. And we've touched on that in things we've thought about from the book of Colossians and what have you. Um, and so I really, really want to ask you to think about for the next month um, is to just perhaps get with at least one other person from outside of your household, your direct household, 
connect with them in some way that is permissible, whether that's on the telephone or whether it's um, Zoom or whether it is you feel able to go for a walk with somebody in a socially distanced way and you think that feel that's appropriate, however it may be and according to the, the rules at that particular moment, you know, obviously they're gradually changing now uh, or, or will be soon. Um, and just with that one person, pray for wisdom and direction for us as a church in terms of how we plan the way that we emerge from this lockdown. Now, I don't want it just to be a functional decision. We want it to be part of the way that God is leading us and, and how we do that. Pray for one another in our needs. Of course, we're still all walking through different needs and stuff that's going on in our lives. So just pray for one another in that respect and anything else that you feel you can. You might just want to do that once a week. You might want to do it a few times a week. That's certainly, you know, it's down to you. But just to connect with at least one other person and create sort of prayer partners. And I'm asking you just to do it for the month of March, okay? And um, as we move up towards, uh, as we move up towards Easter. And we'll at some point towards the end of this, we'll try and organise a together Zoom that will have a sort of um, a worship and wait feel to it and, uh, and that we'll just wrap that month up in doing that. And so um, if you can, please, please, please just do that with, with at least one other person this month and pray for them. You might already have a prayer partner you're doing that with. That's great. Um, but if you don't, let me encourage you to form one. Is that right? I hope so. And um, yeah, if you can, that'd be brilliant. Okay, well, I just want to share a few thoughts with you today, and um, I haven't, um, I haven't pre-recorded it. I went to pre-record it this week, and I just felt that perhaps I should just talk live this morning. So I hope that's okay, and um, I'm just going to think some thoughts from Colossians. So let me just pray, shall we? And and then we'll we'll get into this. Heavenly Father, we just want to pray, Lord, again that as we think some thoughts from the Scriptures together this morning, that Lord, you would speak to our hearts. The thoughts that are from me, let them fall to one side. But the thoughts that are from you, God, let them inspire us and change us and move us forward, Lord. We want to be more like you, Jesus, and we want to know you deeper. Help us to know you and to grow in you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Great. Okay, so we've been looking, haven't we, at the book of Colossians. And, um, <clears throat> excuse me, last few weeks, I've been touching on um, Colossians chapter 2, which I've suggested is the heart of this book, the heart of um, Paul and Timothy's concern for the church in Colossae. Um, and that's been summed up by verse 8, which says of chapter 2, See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human traditions and the basic principles or elements of this world rather, on, rather than on Christ. And then we've, um, we've looked at a bit of how um, that outworks, firstly in the idea of um, people judging others uh, and keeping and and and, being, and, and people being uh, or us as, as believers often being caught up with um, traditions that are not leading us towards Christ anymore. Some traditions they have a season, don't they? And then we should stop them. And some traditions, the way that we do things, um, are just probably not you know helpful anyway. And uh, and so we thought a little bit about that last week. And um, and you can catch up on that if you want to think. So here what we what I had to say last week about that on um, on the Facebook uh, on our Facebook page there, um, and we were told that those traditions are a shadow of the things that were to come, the reality found in Christ, and of course that was talking about the context of the Colossians uh, there from the, those those that were from a Jewish background, and then verse eighteen uh, verse eighteen we get into the, the what I'd like to talk about today. Um, you know, people often think, talk about, I mean, have you as an individual ever found yourself 
or did you find yourself in you know in, in, in a place where you find yourself thinking um, there's something missing in my life I don't quite know what it is but there's an there's a void that I can't quite explain some people talk about that before they are Christians that they have that feeling you might today be in that place where you find yourself feeling you know that I'm looking in lots of different places but I feel like there's something missing so I just want to read this passage I'm just going to make a few comments on it as we go through you know I don't like to be too technical with the way we do this um, but sometimes it's worth just having a few comments when we revert back to the original language you know the New Testament was written originally in uh, Greek and sometimes we have to sort of just take a little look at that um, to be able to sort of get to grips with it so I won't be too technical but I will just make a few comments and then what I'll do is I'll just sort of make three thoughts that I think emerge from this particular little section so I hope that's okay so verse 18 chapter 2 do not let anyone who delights in false humility now that word false humility there literally mean is literally just a humility in the original language uh, but some translations translate that as ascetic or asceticism or, or ascetic practices or, or so the sorts of things that we might call um, like spiritual disciplines even that that are that are about fasting or um, that is about um, um, that is about um, uh, solitude or or some sort of religious or some sort of practice that that denies the body and is designed to help us become more spiritual now of course some of those things are really good aren't they um some things that you know fasting or solitude or um reflection or whatever it may be is part of the christian life um but the writer here the writers here seem to have in view something that is actually that looks a bit like a spiritual practice that leads towards christ but is not and we get that if we move further on in verse 23, um, where it talks about regulations that have an appearance of wisdom with their self-imposed, with their false humility and their harsh treatment of the body. Uh, and so um, the idea here is that things that are, that, that are, that are tough to do and that we think are going to make us more spiritual, um, and they seem to have in mind here those sorts of practices that are done outside of a relationship with Christ. And, and of course, you know, many religions many spiritual practices involve the idea of of denying yourself physically in some way to become more spiritual and so it goes on and then says um so do not let anyone who delights in false humility or ascetic practices and the worship of angels disqualify you for the prize now that little expression there worship is not the usual word we use for worship and elsewhere in the new testament is often translated religion um, and the word for angels can mean those sort of spiritual beings that we meet, uh, you know, in the, in the scriptures. But it can also literally mean messenger. So, for instance, John the Baptist was called the me a messenger. And so we could actually have in view here the idea of human religion. And again, that will be backed up um, by um, a little bit further on in the passage where it talks about um, uh, such a... Um, where, where it talks about um, uh, self-imposed or self-made worship in verse 23. Uh, and so the idea we're getting here is, is um, uh, of a human worship, perhaps, or the idea of worship or, or people sort of start trying to emulate what they perceive as the type of worship that angels have. Now, let's just go on a little bit further and we'll get into the heart of this. So anyone who delights in um, false ascetic practices and the worship 
or the religion of messengers dis disqualify you for the prize. Now this is a serious business because it's talking about missing the point, missing Christ, missing what Jesus would have us want us to have. Such a person goes into great detail about what he has seen and his unspiritual mind puffs him up with idle notions. And so we might have here the idea of people who are talking about spiritual visions that they've had, spiritual experiences that they can recount, or it could just be that we have in mind here those who are just viewing the world from an observation basis only. So he has lost connection with the head from whom the whole body supported and held together by its ligaments and sinews grows as God causes it to grow. And so the idea of these things that are done, uh, that spiritual practices or, 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 or religious systems that do not have Christ at their centre, that do not lead us towards Christ. And then, you know, Paul and Timothy sort of sum this up by saying, seeing you died with Christ to the basic principles of this world, why, as though you still belong to it, do you submit to its rules? And then he explains those rules. Do not handle, do not taste, do not touch. These are all destined to perish with use because they are based on human commands and teachings. Such regulations indeed have an appearance of wisdom with their self-imposed worship, their false humility and their harsh treatment of the body, but they lack any value in restraining sensual indulgence. And then in verse 3 he says, Since then you have been raised with Christ, set your hearts and minds on things above, and where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, um, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. And so we get this idea here of, of those idea, those things that we do might just deny ourselves that are just uh, that are not rooted in Christ. Actually, they might have an appearance of wisdom and wisdom is a big theme in this book. Um, but actually what they don't do is they don't deal with what's inside. And Paul and Timothy are passionate about helping this community stay in a place where they are being transformed from the inside out rather than to try and just do things outwardly that make themselves feel good for a season. Uh, and we're told that those outward practices, those things that are just man-made, human-made, they do not last. They, they won't last into eternity. They are perishable and they don't really do the trick of inner transformation. And of course, that's what we all want really, isn't it? We want inside to match the outside. We want inside to be the thing that drives us, that inner transformation. And Paul and Timothy, they take us to a place here where they say that actually the way you're going to discover that is through the death and the resurrection of Christ. And we'll come back to them. Now, okay, so basically I'm just going to put a little note in front of myself here, okay, for a second. Summarising this, Paul is describing here self-made religion that is um, that is based on um, perhaps on mystical views of angels or on or, or on just humanistic observations that is um, that is born out of visions or things that they've seen that requires harsh treatment of the body. And three thoughts, three thoughts. Let's bring them up into the, a modern context, though. We there's, there's, we could spend a long time unpacking this passage. It's a very rich passage. But three thoughts, three thoughts that I just want to offer to you. If that's okay, I'm going to get a bit simpler now. I hope that's okay. <laughs> um, first is, well, three thoughts. One, that I think this speaks into the idea of false spirituality. Speaks into the idea of human programs. And it speaks around the idea of observation an observation-only worldview. First, false spirituality. Just going to touch on these really, really quickly. Um, first is the idea of, of allowing people who, you know, 
um, who's who seem to be very full of spiritual experiences or visions or things that they say that they have seen, whether it's in the Christian context or whether it's outside of the Christian context, that somehow or another sound really great and are, and, and are exciting, but don't really lead us to the place where we um, find Christ. You know, I remember hearing somebody shared with me some years back, a friend of mine, some uh, a, 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 a sort of relatively well-known prophetic figure who um, was, and they said, you've got to watch this. And, and basically this guy was prophesying judgment on a particular nation that he was saying that this, a tsunami hit in that nation was the result of the judgment of God upon that nation. Uh, and, and the more I listen to this, I think something's just not right about this. Something just doesn't seem to resonate with me on this. And I think, you know, and when I thought about it, it's that because it doesn't reflect the nature and the character of Christ. It's not speaking about Christ. And when he was quoting the fact that he'd seen, he'd met with mighty angels, he'd spoken with angels, he'd spoken with angelic beings, but he was not really leading to the place of following Christ. Interesting. You know, Paul, when he writes to the Corinthian church in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, um, he's writing in response to some questions they've given to him and, and they write to him about spiritual gifts or, or literally spirituals um, in Roman, um, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I'm just going to get it in front of me. You don't and, and, and he says, now about spiritual gifts. Now that word can mean spiritual gifts or it can mean spiritual people. And he says, I don't want you to be ignorant about what's going on here. He says, and then he opens his teaching on, on how they administrate spiritual practices or spiritual gifts or spiritual people within their midst. And he says, you know that somehow you were, when you were pagan, somehow or another you were influenced and led astray to mute idols. Therefore I tell you that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says Jesus be cursed. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. You see, if a spiritual practice doesn't lead us deeper into Jesus, if it doesn't cause us to somehow connect with the Lordship of Christ, I think we are, we are, we are called to reject it. We are called to not let it influence our lives. That's the saying that Henry's always like, if it doesn't sound or it doesn't smell like Jesus, it probably isn't. You know, in, in, in much of the sort of Christian world, there's been a bit of a crisis in the last few months, hasn't there, around the whole prophetic thing, in, in, in as much, and I'm not going to get political here, but, um, you know, around the prophecies that were proclaimed about Trump having a second presidency. And, um, and you know, and, and some of them have come forward now and, and apologised and said that, and, and I listened to one this week, actually, one, a prophetic figure who, 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 who's, who, you know, and I say prophetic, I'm, you know, I'm, I question, I'm not sure really, but, but you know, um, uh, and this particular individual was saying um, that they're sorry, they were sorry, and at least that took some courage to so say they got it wrong, and basically then went on to say, you know, the trouble is we got too caught up with the politics of things rather than the heart of God and the heart of Christ. And I thought, you know, that is it. That is really. I was listening to somebody talking on a podcast about this uh, a, a while back, before all the, a lot of these prophecies came forward, and and their concern in that wing of evangelicalism that wanted to support a particular political ideology was that actually what was taking place was the political ideology was becoming a greater um, uh, was was more of the conversation than the nature and the character and the relationship with Christ. And I wonder whether that's where some of those went wrong, really. 
that the, 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 the passion to somehow not defend, defend certain um, perceived ideals, certain what they considered Christian ideologies, to, to, to defend them meant highlighting a particular political party or person or ideology, and that somehow that rhetoric, that conversation became more important than talking about Jesus. And we have to be careful of that, don't we? So, just because somebody says they've had a spiritual vision, or, they talk, or they're talking for Christ, or that, they're, they're, or that their spiritual experience is valid, does not necessarily mean that we should follow it. You know, in, in um, pseudo-Christian sects, like the Mormons, or, uh, you know, they, they talk about that it's based upon a so-called vision, but it doesn't lead to Christ. We could say the same about many other religions around the world. Second is the thought of spiritual programs that we see in here. This idea that um, somehow or another implementing spiritual practices that, that seem really good, but actually have nothing to do with Christ. They might actually really be good stuff and really helpful in, in maintaining certain you know, health in regime, eating regimes or, 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 or getting up at certain times or, or waking in the night to program yourself or, or whatever you mean. And, and, and actually in this season we're finding quite a lot of that, aren't we? We're finding quite a lot of sort of um, self-help programs or, or enrichment programs. And, and, and they're not necessarily bad, but there is something deeper that needs to happen that has to do with the transformation that comes from Christ. See, if our, our reflecting on good practices doesn't bring Jesus into those practices, it's only a temporary thing. It won't, it won't really do the trick, Paul is telling us here. If just, you know, mindfulness programs might be helpful in getting us into a better space mentally. But Paul, we take Paul's teaching seriously here. If they're not done in a relationship with Christ, they're not really going to get us into the right zone. So I would just say to you, be careful. Be, you know, I'm not saying discount all of those sorts of things, but I am saying bring Christ into whatever it is you're doing. And if Christ is not compatible with what you're doing, then it's not really going to bring the transformation that you and I need to live life to its max. And then the third thought, I'm not really quite sure whether this fits within this scripture. Maybe it does, maybe it doesn't. So I'm just going to say it's the idea of an observation-based worldview. I.e. that we can only embrace as a, as, a, as a guiding principle in life that which we can, which we can only be observed. Of course, the reality is there are some things that are beyond just physical observation. You know, how do you fully understand that you love someone? You can't fully quantify that, can you? You can't get out of textbook and work it out always. It just is. It just is, you know. Um, and there is within this sometimes that idea of, of, of science and faith conflict. You know, I don't believe that there is any conflict between science and faith. I really don't. I believe that they um, two ways of measuring the world. That in one sense we're um, we're not you know we're not meant to use um, faith to deny science or science to uh, try and disprove faith. Faith, you know, we're not meant to try and say that that um, science is rubbish because of a certain text in the Bible or whatever. And we're not meant to say that science disproves faith. They're meant to walk together. Two ways of observing 
truth and reality. And in one sense, what I think we're meant to do with science is to say, whoa. <laughs> Sometimes when we understand the science of a thing, we understand the awesomeness of God, rather than getting all insecure about it as Christians, and oh, somehow you know, that doesn't fit within some uh, so-called um, historic uh, teaching of the church. <laughs> right? say, whoa, that now deepens our understanding of that. What an awesome God that he could do, that he could bring the earth into being in billions of years. What an awesome God that could do that, for instance, say, rather than having to be set and focused on it, having to be 7,000 years or whatever it is. I'm not going to get into all of it now. I haven't got the time to unpack that. But let the wowness and the awesomeness of God. I don't know about you, just seeing those, those, some of these pictures coming back from Mars uh, and just thinking, my goodness, wow, awesomeness of God. <laughs> so, Let's go back to the other two things, really. The idea of um, spiritual experiences that don't lead us to Christ or um, enrichment and spiritual practices or practices that somehow or another don't get us deeper into Christ. So two thoughts here, just to sum it up, really. Don't chase, I think sort of flow out of this, really. Don't chase miraculous experiences and visions. Don't, don't, don't get into chasing somebody else's experiences. No, you know, in, in, in one sense, you could almost take the, in the jump here. To, don't chase the miraculous. Chase the one who is the miracle worker. <laughs> Maybe one way of putting that. Don't chase visions, but taste the one who gives visions. It's important that we, we don't get locked up. We're trying to find experiences. We need to find Christ. Get deeper into that relationship with Jesus. And as we get deeper into that relationship with Jesus, we find these other things come anyway. These other things come, these spiritual experiences, these visions. You know, when I find I have dry seasons in my walk with God, you know, there's this temptation to try and do this or find somebody else's. Who's deep. But you know, I, there is no substitute for having to stop and say, you know, I've got to rekindle that relationship. Find Jesus. And then there's, you know, don't just exercise spiritual disciplines for the sake of spiritual disciplines. Even as a Christian, you know, you can get into thinking, oh, I've got to fast more, I've got to get into solitude, I've got to do all those things. But actually, you know, it's no good fasting if that's not leading you deeper into Christ. It's no good, you know, getting into solitude if you're not making space. And spiritual disciplines are meant to make space for Jesus in our life not just for feeling better <laughs> or somehow feeling more spiritual. They're meant to make space for Christ. You know, Jesus was once asked why his disciples didn't fast like the, teaching, like the disciples of the Pharisees. And Jesus said to them, you know, they will one day. But, you know, why, why, why do that whilst the bridegroom is with them? In other words, you know, um, relationship is more important than those spiritual practices. He said they will do it when they need to. But right now, they've got me. <laughs> I'm walking with them. And really, these spiritual practices, they're not about somehow or another, you bending God's arm or you... So they are about finding that relationship with Christ. And they, he said, well, they're getting that right now. They're getting that in its fullness. Wow. So, and, you know, just the, again, just a thought, closing thought, really, with this, is, is the way that Paul and Timothy say you really get into this is to use the death and resurrection of Christ as their image, imagery. 
You see, we only really get away from false spiritual practices. We only get away from um, uh, unchrist-like traditional traditions. We only get away from humanistic religions and self-made religions. We get away from all of those things by dying to self, by joining in the death of Christ. Four weeks' time, we're going to remember Easter. We're going to celebrate Easter. And in Easter, we are remembering that if you want to be a Christian, you have to say, I die to self. I get into Christ and I join in his death. And in his death, I find that I die to all that I am. But I also find I move into the place of resurrection. And so he says, you know, you die with Christ. But also, if you die with Christ, you'll be raised with Christ. And in that relationship with Jesus, we find that we, are re we rise to live a better life. A life that is based on inner transformation. A life that will last into eternity. A life that has principles and power. You see, it's the difference between somebody coming alongside us and saying, I'm going to walk with you and help you. Or the one that says, Ashley, I'm going to get in there with you. And I'm going to walk this journey with you. And I'm going to walk with you inside. I'm going to not just say, come and hold my hand walking along. I'm going to be inside and working from the inside out with you for transformation. I don't know about you, that's what I really want. So today you might be somebody who you know is a Christian and you feel like well actually you've started to drift off and to get involved with things that actually don't really have Christ at the root. Or you've embraced certain visions and talks and ministries and you think well actually it's not really leading me deeper into Christ. Today just, just get yourself back with him. Eh? But today you might be somebody who you've been looking for that change somewhere. You've been looking for something that you've just been struggling to find. Today maybe you're somebody who, you know, you are looking for something to fill that void in your heart. And you've tried lots of different things. Maybe you've been trying different things right now. I want to just say to you that I have found, and many others have found, that actually it's only Jesus that fills that gap. And today that you can find that Jesus. Today you can... Invite him into your heart, into your life, and you can live that life with him. The way you do that is by saying to him, first and foremost, I'm sorry for living life without you. And then saying to him, Jesus, I choose now to live life with you. To make you the boss of my life, the Lord of my life, and to live my life with you and for you. Come, Lord Jesus, into my life. I did that many years ago, and my life changed. I changed. People said to me, you're different. And he's been the one who has seen me through life for many, many years now. And he can do that with you as well. So I'm going to pray. And if you're somebody who needs to, who wants to give Jesus that place in your life, then pray with me right now, won't you? And then we're going to go into some worshipping God in some songs. And during those songs, just let this Jesus touch your heart. Perhaps for the first time, in a way that will live with you and last with you forever. So let's pray. Lord Jesus, and if you're somebody that's never given your life to Jesus, you've never let him in, then pray this with me, won't you? Lord Jesus, I'm sorry for living my life without you. And now, Lord Jesus, I want to live my life for you and with you. Come into my life and I will let you, Lord Jesus, 
touch everything that I am and all that I am. I want to be your follower, Lord Jesus. Let's use this next song to let God touch our hearts or to respond to God, shall we?
you are somebody who um, you feel you've just made that commitment to Jesus and um, then really would love to just help you to just to um, move forward in that um, so please feel free just to, to reach out to us you can either inbox me on the um, uh, on Facebook there and uh, and we'll, we'll get back to you um, or you can email us uh, admin um, at rolcc.org.uk and, um, and you know we'd love to just get in touch with you really and um, just give you some idea of how to walk forward in your Christian life um, and uh, we can connect you as well maybe you know um, you may be local yeah, I mean you may not even be in our country and even even if you're not in this country if you're somewhere else in the world but you're listening today and somehow or another you've connected with Jesus at this today please reach out to us and we can connect with you and you can actually be part of some of the things that we do online and maybe even part of one of our groups or what have you and, and uh, just help you to keep connected whatever you want really but we'll just it's great to keep connected when you particularly when you're first a Christian just to get that growing to get get into the journey so um, yeah please reach out if you if you can and one of the things that we do isn't it as Christians is to and is to remember that Jesus died for us and uh, that he gave his life so that we can have life and one of the ways that we do that is in the breaking of bread and um, if you've never broken bread before or um, then you know as a Christian then you can do that for the first time today and you can just go and get yourself a little bit of bread in a moment um, I'm going to play a song before we do break bread and um, just grab yourself a bit of bread or, or uh, a juice uh, during that and, uh, and then when we take the bread we are remembering that Jesus' body was broken for us and when we take the juice we're remembering that his blood means that we can have a, an eternal agreement with God that of salvation and so you know we're going to do that in just a few moments we're going to break bread and you can do that for the first time today or you can do it for you know nth amount of time if you're already a Christian this morning um, so yeah I hope you've got some bread and some juice to, uh, to hand and um, we're going to listen to this song and just let the words of this song touch your heart as we prepare ourselves to break bread together this morning <laughs> From the cross, you made the table, making room for all of us. Though the feast is never ending, we will never know the cause. Scars, you build redemption. 
dance around the table, the table of the Lord, where your mercy's pouring freely and your perfect love restores, where your grace is overflowing, it spills out on the floor. There is always more at the table of the Lord.
table of the Lord hey by your hands you made a table a lovely thought so Jesus on the night he was betrayed took bread and when he had given thanks he broke it and said this is my body which is for you do this in remembrance of me let's take the bread and remember the body of Christ shall we In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your blood shed for us. Thank you, Lord. Let's just spend a few moments in, um, just a couple of moments in quiet reflection. And um, if whilst during that time you want to start posting some prayer requests on the feed, you know, please feel free to do that, won't you? And uh, as I say, we're always trying to pick them up and pray for them during the week if, if they're relevant, you know, if we need to, if we need to you know. So, so let's just pause for a moment, reflect, and then just please feel free to just write some prayer requests on that and we'll go into a time of prayer. Thank you, Lord, that you give us the space to just pause in what sometimes feels like um, a hectic world. <laughs> I pray, Lord, this morning for each of my brothers and sisters, my friends, Lord, that are, are watching today. Just pray for your, pre your presence, your strength and your sustenance, Lord, for them in their life, wherever they are right now. We pray for Belinda's, um, sorry, for Belinda's uh, son's father-in-law, Lord Jeremy. We just pray, God, for you to to be with him and let the let this treatment, Lord, that he's going to go through, let it all be effective and work as it should, Lord. Pray for anybody, Lord, that at the moment in um, that we know of, or that anybody that's listening today that has uh, some sort of medical condition, Lord, whether it's related to the virus as as, or whether it is, you know, some other thing that's going on in their life, Lord. We just want to pray for you to be with them and look for your healing. And Lord Jesus, we, we just want to pray for your blessing, Lord Jesus, in their life and your touch, Lord, upon their life, we pray, God. 
Lord, we pray for our nation, Lord, as we start to plan and work about how we're going to come out of lockdown. We pray, God, this vaccination program will continue to rapidly um, go out as it, as it is at the moment. We pray, Lord Jesus, for um, uh, Lord, for um, uh, all those targets to be met, those four stages, Lord. We pray we'll be able to meet all four of those stages. And we pray, God, desperately, that by the, uh, the end of June, we will be in a place where we will not have to have these restrictions in any form. Lord, Lord, I pray for us as we emerge from this, Lord, for those that, that you know, have, have had financial issues that have come as a result of this season and who maybe are looking for work or wondering how that's going to be in the future. Lord, we pray for your provision and your protection, God. Lord, we pray for our friends around the world to be able to get access to the vaccination, Lord, and for there be an equality in the way this disperses, Lord, in, in a way that surprises us, God. Pray for those who make decisions on our behalf. We pray, God, for wisdom. And we pray that as a church, Lord, that we too would have wisdom in the way that we, you know, we do things as we emerge from this, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you, you thank you, Lord, that we can rejoice in the fact that your death gives us life, Lord. Pray for Mark's uh, brother-in-law, Eric, Lord, in hospital with pneumonia and a heartache. Lord, we just pray for this guy, Eric. Lord, that you would be with him, Lord. And that you would heal him, Lord. We continue to remember our brother Mark, Father, as well, for all his needs, Lord. We pray, Lord Jesus, for you to be touching his body and giving him strength and healing, Father. Lord, we pray for this lady, Sue, Lord, that God, that she too would um, find you, Lord, even in this season, Lord, that the, this season will not be a reason for her to give up on her faith, but to find her faith, Lord, to come back to you. Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. We pray for our town, God, that we would represent you well in this town. Continue to pray for the work of reach, Lord, as they are uh, you know, almost inundated with so many needs at the moment, just for resources and for them to represent you, Lord, to be your heart and your hands, Lord, in, their, you know, in every situation they find themselves, Lord. That, Lord, the whole team at reach would just know your anointing and your blessing and that sense of it being from you. And we pray, Lord, as we grow, things like Little Hub of Hope, we pray that, God, that you'd resource that, get that off the ground, moving forward, Lord. Uh, for the community centre, Lord, we'd know when to open it and how to go about that, Lord. Lord Jesus, we just say thank you. Thank you for all that you're doing, Lord. Thank you, God. We love you, God. Amen. Amen. Please feel free to continue to put um, requests on the feed because, like I say, we do look at them, we do pick them up, we will pray for these things during this week, Lord, uh, and, you know, and um, we will we will touch on them. I should have also just mentioned to you actually that um, some good news in the last uh, week or so. We, um, uh, whilst the centre has been um, closed, obviously it's an opportunity to do some, you know, do, do some work in there that we probably couldn't normally do. And thought, wouldn't it be great to be able to get the hall uh, painted, you know, and. Um, and uh, yeah, so um, basically we managed to get some 
uh, a grant of £800 a locality budget. One of the locality, one of the local councillors very kindly uh, has given us um, £800 towards the uh, decoration of the hall. So we've been doing that this week. We've managed to get somebody in to do it. And um, so, yeah, so it's going to all shiny new floor. Uh, uh, Shay and, um, and Kyle, you know, they uh, stripped that and treated that um, in the last lockdown, the first lockdown. And this time we've been able to get it. We're getting the hall painted. So that's good, isn't it? You know, so thank God for that. And really appreciate that from the local councillor that gave us that. Brilliant. Okay, well, the Lord bless you. You have a really great week, won't you? Please, please, please feel free to join us on coffee. Um, I think uh, Kate is um, organising that for us today. So um, in a few moments, please just do the... the um, I'm going to play a song. Um, hopefully this is, this, it'll, it'll stay on there and, 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 and um, be able to... Um, on the, on the, the uh, login details for the coffee. So please feel free to just join us for coffee. Uh, it's great just to get... And then we break out into little breakout rooms, get to chat to one another. Um, it's really great to be able to do that. So Lord bless you. You have an amazing week. And I pray uh, that the Lord's face will shine upon you and that you will know him. And if today you, were the, you met Jesus for the first time, you really felt him come into your life, or you chose to give him your life, then you know, I particularly pray that this week you'll know him in a deeper way. And please, please, just do reach out to us, because we'd love to walk with you and to, to be able to encourage you in your journey. So, God bless you. Have a really great week. Sorry, wrong video. Let me just get this right. I know 